All right, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good to see everybody again. Um, if I haven't get, gotten a chance to meet you, I think I've met pretty much everybody at, at some point in time, but my name is Shane, and teaching pastor here at Crosspoint. We are finishing up this series called Building Blocks. If you want to catch up with this series and any other series that we have done in the past, we have an app. You can find that on both the Google Android platform and also the iTunes platform as well. Just search Crosspoint Fellowship. You can find our app and all the podcasts, the, the former episodes, um, uh, you can find there. Um, <clears throat> but where we've been in the series is we've been in Deuteronomy 6, and we started with follow the rules. That in, in the family, in the family, that, that's where we learn about community and learning and community. And the, the first family was really the first church, and everything is built out of that. And so if we get the building blocks of the family, we're going to get the building blocks right in the church. And the first thing is follow the rules. God says, obey my commands. But that second week, he goes back and he says, yeah, but there's something even more important than following the commands. It's loving me. When you love me, I write the commands on your heart. And then last week, what we looked at is that don't forget God. As, as, as I give you blessing, as I give you prosperity, as I give you things... Don't forget me, because it's easier to forget God in uh, the uh, uh, abundance than it is in the wilderness. And then today, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put a cap on this series. And uh, I, I've been more and more and more excited about this sermon the more I studied this passage. But, disclaimer, disclaimer. One of the things I'm looking forward to is that everybody's going to squirm this morning. Oh, I got, I got some heads come up there. <laughs> like, What? Everybody's going to squirm this morning. It's going to start off really, really uncomfortable in here. And I'm excited about that. It's going to be good. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But we're going to get somewhere with it because it's very, very important. Deuteronomy 6, you can follow along in a hardbound Bible uh, app or um, in a, a tablet or a smartphone with the Bible app. Um, you can find the event in the Bible app as well. You can follow the directions there. You can take notes. I do have the points this week. I kind of went away from that, but the points this week are so important, so revolutionary, so revolutionary that God gave them to us 3,000 years ago (laughs) that I wanted to make sure that they are written down. But take notes surrounding these points. But Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 20, When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? So you're like, oh, that's nice. That's good. You know, when, you know, when my kid asked me about, you know, the commands and stuff to put this into today's context, what happens? What happens when your kid comes up to you and says, hey, you know, all these command stuff, aren't they old? Aren't they old fashioned? Wouldn't we be better just doing what we wanted to do, old man? Wouldn't that be better? Why do we follow God? Why do we go to church? Why do we do these commands? What's the number one answer we give? Because God said, or because the Bible says so, or thus saith the Lord, or God said it, I believe it, and that does it, right? That might have worked in a generation gone by, but that does not work today. It doesn't work today. The more we answer that question that way, the more people are going to go away from church saying, 
It's just something, a hobby you do on Sunday morning, and I'm not interested. But to make us even more uncomfortable, let's drive this even deeper. Let's get a little bit more specific. What happens? What happens when your, when your kid comes up to you and says, you know what? If I'm the mean girl, if I'm the strong dude at school, you know what happens? People think I'm cool. I know what God says about loving people and everything, and I know what you say that we should do, but why on earth, why on earth do we need to follow this? What do you answer? What if they said, hey, you know what? I found out that <clears throat> given, given a, a scenario, given a situation where if I lie, I'm going to make myself look good, and if I tell the truth, I'm going to make myself look bad. Hey, Dad. Hey, Mom. Why not lie? I know what God says. I know what you say, but why not lie? What happens? What happens when your kid comes up to you and asks the question, hey, you know what? GPA is so important in college. There's so much emphasis on college. I found out I can cheat my way through high school. I can cheat my way through school. I know what God says. I know what you say, but why? Why? I don't think we're uncomfortable enough yet. What happens when your daughter comes up to you and says, hey, you know, me and this boy, we're not going out or anything, but after school we found out it feels pretty good to make out. We've touched each other. We've done all this stuff. I know what God says. I know what you say, but why? What happens when your son comes up and says, you know what? You know what? I know what God says about lust and all that, but when I look at porn, it makes me feel good. Why? Everybody uncomfortable enough yet? Why? The Bible says so? It's a cop-out. It's lazy. God sets up this question. How do you think he answers it? He doesn't answer it with the Bible says so. For Pete's sake, none of the Bible was written. Right? None of the Bible was written in Deuteronomy. The first five books of the Bible were the first five books written. Maybe Job. But other than that, this was the first five books written. There was nothing written. So do you think God just said, that's a great question. Figure it out. Tell me when you figure it out. No. He gave a clear answer. He gave a clear answer of how to answer this question. Why God? Why do this? Why do this? Let's find out. Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and, and all his household before our eyes. Now, if your son comes up and goes, hey, I'm watching porn, you go, what? And he says, why not? And you go, because God saved us from Egypt. It's not going to work. I'm like, my old man has gone crazy. For Israel, for Israel, coming out of Egypt was coming out of slavery into freedom, right? It was God defeating the gods of Egypt that re weren't real. 
And God proving Himself that He has the mighty hand to save and to rescue out of slavery. And this real story was a foreshadow looking forward, a living parable looking forward to when Jesus was going to defeat all the the little g-gods on this earth that we can be slave to. So what is the more powerful answer? Hey, Pops! Why not? Why do all of what God says? What's the more powerful answer? The Bible says so? Or, listen, son, He freed me from sin. Which is the more powerful answer? Which is the answer that speaks to our kids' hearts? Son, I'm a slave to porn. God doesn't want you to be a slave to that. Daughter, I was once a slave to what guys thought of me. And I would let them do whatever just because I was a slave to what they thought of me. And I don't. And God doesn't want you to be a slave to that. Look, I know grades are important. And we put too much of an emphasis on grades. But son, daughter, I don't want you to be a slave to cheating your way through school. That's slavery. I want, and God wants you to live in freedom. Son, daughter, lying your way through school, that's a slavery. I want you to be free, and God wants you to be free. Being a mean girl, being a strong guy, that's a slavery. God wants you to be free because you love people. Way back here, 2,000 years ago. He didn't say the Bible says so. He says, because I want to free you. Look, if we have not been freed, we cannot speak of our freedom from sin. If we have not been freed from sin, if we have not allowed Jesus to free us from sin, we are not freed from sin. And so therefore we cannot pass freedom down to our children either. And freedom from sin is as simple as this. God, I've sinned. I'm a slave to sin. I want you to free me. I don't know what it all means, but, but, but what I do know is this, is that you said you would free me, so I want that. And if we pass down the idea that God frees us from sin, that has the potential to unlock our kids' hearts. See, a lot of us, a lot of us have, have experienced the Bible tells us so religion. And a lot of us stepped away from that. Maybe for quite a while from the church. What about a God frees us relationship? What about that? This isn't the only answer God gives them. He keeps going. And, the Lord, uh, and he, verse 23, and God brought us out from Egypt that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. 
This was a physical blessing. God physically gave them the blessing of, of, of their own land, just like he promised to Abraham way back when. Now, a lot of people use all of these passages to say, you know, God wants to bless us physically. And, you know, if you give one dollar, he'll give you ten. If you give ten, he'll give you a hundred, you know. <clears throat> That's not what God means. Totally. Does he want to give us physical blessings? Yes. But what he wants us to give beyond physical blessings is what Ephesians 1 calls spiritual blessings. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Look, the spiritual blessings are there no matter if the physical blessings go away. The spiritual blessings are there whether we're living in abundance or living in the wilderness. Ephesians 1 is back in our study guide again because I want us and God wants us to remember that the spiritual blessings is what he wants to give us. The spiritual blessing of being chosen. Ever been not chosen for a team? Me. God chooses us. God adopts us. God makes us holy. Not me. Yes, God makes us holy. God makes every single one of us through faith saints. No, 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 no. That's like St. Peter and St. Paul and St. whatever, whatever, whatever. No, 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 no. Every one of us, he makes us a saint. He says, he says, one of the blessings he gives is that he looks at us and goes, blameless. Totally blameless. Like, no, you don't know what I've done. God does. And he still looks at you by faith, through Christ, blameless. You've never done anything wrong. What? I'm afraid the people might answer this question. Which is better? God looks at us and says, never done anything wrong or a million mansions? Which is better? Yeah, I know we're in church. It's blameless, right? How do we want to live tomorrow? You know what else? You know another blessing of God? He adopts us. Adopts us as, 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 our, as, as orphan children. Who, by the way, has given the finger back to God and he still adopts us. Imagine a parent adopting their own child after he said, forget you. Or other things that start with an F. It's the whole story of the prodigal son. Imagine. Then he said, then he says, at the, end of, in the, at the end of this section, then he says, look, 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 God's going to give us an inheritance. An inheritance. And the down payment of that inheritance is the Holy Spirit. Look, we give a down payment about how serious we are about buying something, right? And the bigger the down payment is the more serious we are about buying something. God says, I'm going to give you an inheritance, and this is how serious I am about this. I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to give you myself as the down payment. What kind of inheritance has the down payment as God himself? What kind of inheritance is that? Living with the spirit isn't even knowing the full inheritance God wants to give. 
Isn't that nuts? What do we want to pass down to our kids? The Bible says so? Or God frees us? And Billy, Susie, Johnny, Sally, he wants to give us a blessing that's way beyond the blessing that you want to get from this sin. Isn't that why we sin? We want the blessing from that sin? That's what we want. And it's a temporary blessing, right? It ends. It ends. These live eternal. Like I said, on this earth, these blessings are true, no matter if we're living in abundance or living in the wilderness. These are true. And whatever inkling of blessing we get from God right now, it's even more infinitely true once we pass through to eternity. What do we want to pass on to our kids? The Bible says so. God freed us. And God wants to bless us. One last thing. And the, command God, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our God always, that he might preserve us alive as we, uh, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this, uh, all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. He freed us. He blessed us. Then he gives the commands. It's an important, important order. See, this order tells us that he gives us these commands so that we know clearly how to stay free and how to stay blessed. See, if the commands came first, the commands would be a bribe. Obey me, and I'll give you all this stuff. No. He freed the Israelites. He blessed the Israelites. Then he gave them the commands. And the same is true to us. He blesses us, or he frees us, he blesses us, and then he says, I have these commands that will help you live in freedom. So we look at our kids and say, no, no, he wants to free us, he wants to bless us, and then he gives us these commands in order for us to live and continue to live in this freedom. Not as a burden, as one of our, as one of our uh, uh, study guide uh, verses say, not as a burden, but as a freedom from the sin that just wants to press in on us. That's why I gave the commands. Look, if we start with the commands, if we lead with the commands, we'll just beat people over the head with them, and they won't want anything to do with it. Isn't it much better to lead with freedom than a slavery to the law? Paul spoke of this all over the place in Romans. That Jesus died so that we can be freed from from even the law. And when we hear and follow Jesus, when that is our one primary focus, He'll lead us into the commands, but not as a legalism, as a freedom. He wants us as parents, 
and us as adults to live in this same freedom so that we pass that freedom down to the next generation. Some of you are parents that you're like, man, I wish I had this a long time ago. And those of us that <laughs> so look forward to those questions that I outlined earlier, you know, look forward as in like, you know, the day you get a root canal and have to go to the DMV and you, you know, also find out that your cat has cancer. You know, that's kind of those, that day that you look forward to, you know. And then your kid comes home and goes like, you know, why don't we look at porn? Like, great, yeah, that's great. Looking forward to that. Are we better equipped with this answer? And in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, I, I hope that we get to answer this question soon so that this is more ingrained in our heart so that months down the road, this is still there. Because where do we default to? The Bible says so, right? The Bible says so. And those of us that are adults and uh, your, your kids are either you know, grown and gone or, or you didn't have kids or don't have kids or right now you shouldn't be having kids. What about the next generation? I've got a bunch of kids over there. You saw them all here. They don't need legalism. They don't need the church to tell them, sit down, shut up, and don't have fun in church. They need a church that will model what it is to live free in Christ. They need adults, their parents and other adults that say, this is what it looks like to live free in Christ. And for the teenagers that are here and the, 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 the college students that are here, we need adults that looks down into the next generation and says, I do not want you to see us as living a legalistic life. I want you to see us as being free in Christ and that we are adults living in freedom from sin because Christ has rescued me from sin and Christ has freed me from sin and I am no longer a slave to it even though my flesh wants to go back to it. I am no longer a slave to it and I want the same thing for you so that when you look back down to the next generation, you give that same thing to them. This is building blocks. It's safe to touch these because this is the last last week of this one already broke. <laughs> the knobby fell off. Yeah. <laughs> this is the building block to the church. To the nuclear family and to the extended family. This, all of this right here is the building block. If we build a foundation like this, Yes, passing on God's commands, but passing on more than that, a love for God. Passing on, don't ever, ever, ever forget the God that freed you. And when we do get those questions, we welcome them. We welcome them because we get to tell of a great and glorious God that freed us from sin and has blessed us beyond our wild imagination and gave us commands in order to live in the freedom 
that he wanted us to live in. If we pass that on, will 100% of them stick around? Man, I wish it was that easy. They are real living human beings with a real conscience and a real, real will. But don't you know it's going to be a higher percentage than what it would be? For those of you that say, ah, this freedom thing, I don't know what this is. Myself and other people will be around. We'd love to talk to you about the freedom that Christ offers to every single one of us, no matter what. No matter what. And that is what each one of us has to receive before we can pass it on. And I challenge every one of us, do not settle, do not settle for the Bible says so. Jose Ballou was with us last night. A chance to share with us a local pastor who's pastor for many, many years at Ridgecrest. And he said, Christians should be the best thinkers. We have settled for not thinking and just yelling. Help our kids to think through the freedom that God gives through His Word. We've got to be in it ourselves. We've got to find the freedom and the life in it ourselves. We've got to find the freedom and the life that Jesus gives ourselves to be able to pass that on. Is that what you want? Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you that my lands... 3,000 years ago, you gave it to us so simply. Lord, help us to pursue your righteousness and your righteousness alone. Help us to desire that first and foremost, that we get excited about you and what you have to offer our lives. Help us to find the freedom and the life that you have to offer. Let's throw away the old stuff so that the new can come to life. Thank you for this promise. In your name we pray. Amen.